0: Retropod is sponsored by T. Rowe Price. Are you looking to learn a thing or two about getting your finances in order, saving, and investing? Check out The Confident Wallet, a personal finance podcast series by T. Rowe Price and the Washington Post Brand Studio. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, history lovers. I'm Mike Rosenwald with Retropod, a show about the past rediscovered. Carrie Amelia Nation. Now, here was a woman who really didn't like the bar scene. More than a century ago, dear Mrs. Nation, armed with a hatchet, you heard me right, a hatchet, would storm into bars surrounded by a phalanx of women. While they'd chant biblical-sounding slogans expounding on the evils of liquor, Nation would bash the place to smithereens. Sometimes, when she was in the right mood, she'd use rocks and a hammer too. Needless to say, Nation would make quite a scene, glass and wood flying everywhere as stunned drinkers watched and cowered. She didn't care much about collateral damage, though. Back before the United States passed the 18th Amendment, better known as Prohibition, 100 years ago this week, Nation was the passionate but often shunned leader of the temperance movement. Nation was born in Kentucky, but her family moved around a lot living in Missouri, Kansas, Arkansas, and other nearby states. Her father was a farmer who owned slaves. Her mother had a history of mental illness. During the Civil War, Nation nursed soldiers, and after the fighting was over, at age 21, she married Charles Gloyd, a dashing young physician who saved countless lives of Union soldiers. Back then, Americans drank an average of six to seven gallons of Pure Spirits every year. Gloyd drank heavily to forget the lives he couldn't save. But Nation didn't learn this during their courtship. In those days, wives-to-be didn't spend much premarital time with their future husbands. Then Gloyd showed up at the wedding stone-cold drunk in the living room of her parents' home. Nearly every night after they wed, Nation stayed up late, often crying and alone, while her new husband drank at the local Masonic Hall until dawn, according to a biography of Nation by Fran Grace. Just 16 months after they got married, Gloy died of alcohol-related causes, leaving Nation with a baby daughter and a vigorous hatred of booze. And then, well, Nation decided to speak up for women like her, who bore the brunt of addiction. The unemployment, the domestic violence, the busted marriages. For starters, it helped that she remarried well. Not only was her second husband, David, a lawyer, he wasn't a drunk. Also, his last name was Nation. Carrie changed the spelling of her name From Carrie, C A R R I E, to Carrie, C A R R Y. So her name became Carrie A Nation. Get it? Carrie A Nation. That became Carrie A Nation to Prohibition. And then she launched her so called Hatchetations. Her fellow hatcheters called themselves Home Defenders, and they sold little. Computer and mother-of-pearl hatchet pins or buttons that said Home Defender to fund their campaign. They dressed in stark black-and-white outfits when they stormed bars and pharmacies' pulp fiction style. In addition to the hatchet, Nation always had a Bible with her. Nation was shunned, of course, because of the hatchet, but also because of her other tactics, which included storming the Capitol and very, very serious demands to see the President of the United States. Like the time in early 1907 when she showed up on the White House lawn announcing her intention to reprimand President Teddy Roosevelt for serving wine at dinner. When she was denied admission to the White House, one newspaper reported, Mrs. Nation began delivering an address on the lawn. And though she is remembered primarily for her antics as a saloon wrecker, Nation was also a suffragist. She urged women to stop wearing restrictive corsets, which she correctly said affected vital organs. She bought a huge house and sheltered women who had been battered and abandoned by alcoholic men. And she traveled the country, and really the world, giving fiery speeches about the evils of alcohol to anyone who would listen. Eventually, her second husband divorced her on grounds of desertion. And then, in 1911, while giving a speech in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, Nation collapsed on stage and died a short time later. She didn't live to see the ratification of the 18th Amendment. Her last words were, I have done what I could. I'm Mike Rosenwald. Thanks for listening. This episode was adapted from a story written by Petula Dvorak for The Washington Post. For more forgotten stories from history, visit WashingtonPost.com slash Retropod.